Welcome back to another episode of the Complete Inbox Podcast. Phil, that was my, I don't know what that was actually, but... uh, (laughs) Hey, it's all right. That's the only way to open this show. Yeah, right? Uh, So the Complete Inbox Podcast, we are back and it is time to party. Phil, did you have any cool things happen this week? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to announce to the podcast world? You know, I don't think so. I think it's been... I, I kind of laid low. It's been a, a pretty normal week. How about how about for you though? Well, I really wish you had a little more because I have a lot. <laughs> lots, lots has happened. Lots has happened. Uh, so I went to Comic Con on Saturday, Indianapolis style. That's awesome. Really, really cool event. Uh, way better than Des Moines, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, it was I'm not that surprised. One thousand percent better than Des Moines. Oh, good. I, uh, and that's not a got slam a against to... Des Moines for me anyway. I love the city, no, but they're Comic Con. No. no, Des Moines is a cool city. A bust. Yeah, they're dumb. they're Comic Con bust for sure. I also found out that Wizard World, which owns this faction of Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh, which is the one that was in Des Moines, yep. no longer has the rights to Marvel or DC Universe. So. Mm-hmm. When you go to these areas, uh, to go to these comic cons, uh, I think they're no longer allowed to use Marvel or DC, like, um, Marvel or DC actors. Are these, is this Wizards, like, is it affiliated with that, remember Wizard Magazine? It was like the magazine about comics. I don't know if it's still around. I I imagine it would be, but I wonder if uh, it's all connected somehow. It's very possible. I mean, I was never a big comic book dude, so I don't yeah, really know much. Either. I get most of my comic stuff from movies. Yeah, I'm one of those fair guys. Point. But Comic Con was great. I saw some cosplay, uh, which I recognize maybe thirty percent of. Uh, the other seventy percent I referred to as Cowboy Bebop because I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Yep. So when I was there, I said, "You are Cowboy Bebop, and you are nothing else. Even if you're dressed as Barf from Spaceballs, you are <laughs> you, you are Cowboy Bebop." <laughs> but it was cool i saw i went to a couple panels again i saw sean astin speak you know the legend sean astin oh right uh, who doesn't get the doesn't get the credit that he deserves from did he the get the 50 dollars he deserves uh fun fact i found out that he in fact does not get that 50 dollars. he gets what? paid an amount to come and then if he gets enough back on the like interviews or the interviews the uh yeah. autographs and the pictures the meet and greets and all that yep that goes back to the con and then they pay the difference but he makes right. you know if he makes more than that then he gets the extra money but um gotcha so he gets paid no matter what even if three people go to his booth he's still getting paid so that's right good which i thought was interesting so it's not actually him grabbing um money from kids <laughs> where's your 50 bucks jimmy <laughs> yep i think that out of context is a, a great soundbite sean Aston's out getting money from kids no, but here's I'm curious. So how did you learn the pricing? Did you contact his agent and just be like, "Hey, come on. I got buddy, a party coming up. How much is buddy, this thing for Sean Aston?" I now know people who know people. Believe this or not. Well, hey, do I will believe it. Do you know why I believe it? Why? Because you have uh Walter Day's phone number in your cell phone. I do have Walter Day's phone number, and not only that, I met the man who owns and operates Indie PopCon, which is another convention in Indianapolis, which is almost as big as Comic-Con itself. Wow. That's awesome. And I went to a podcast meetup, buddy, last week. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. I went to a podcast meetup in Indianapolis to, you know, talk with some fellow dudes and dudettes about podcasting. And it was really cool because I went to this 
just studio, this dude who actually just produces podcasts for like Christy Lee from the Bob and Tom show. Sure. And uh, some other things. So we had like a little, this little round table discussion uh, based over a barrel of beer. And I had a ghost pepper stout beer while we talked oh. about like conventions and podcasting and just random topics. It was a really cool time. I made some friends. Well, I'm glad it was worth it because that beer sounds horrifying. Uh, it actually wasn't as spicy as you might think being a okay. ghost pepper beer. It was that, that's it, it what was I was saying. I was like, man, that's going to be crazy. It was literally spicy stout, and it was not bad. And I'm not spicy even a stout, stout. fan, honestly. Uh, or an IPA, IPA man myself. Yeah. But it was still Same. still delicious. So Comic-Con was fun. Had a really good time. Uh, hung out with my students, actually, of all people. They're like, like I told you, they were the nerdiest people ever. But we had a good time. We saw David Harbour speak. And he was really cool. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, one thing I want to mention about Sean Aston before we go any further is Sean Aston's rate is fifty uh, percent more than anywhere else in Indiana because people love the movie Rudy so much, and because Stranger Things. Oh, that's great. And because of Stranger Things. You know, that's what I heard. I heard that the same thing was the case for Gene Hackman following Hoosier. So this all yeah. Makes sense. So like his going rate. That was just, I just made that up, but we can just plow on. Yeah, his going rate is for <laughs> in Indiana, and the kids chanted Rudy when he came out. It was pretty funny. But he was. That's good. Well, there you and go. He That's was dressed good like a know. hobbit. I mean, he had a little vest on. Adam Sandler's got it whenever he goes to Florida because of Waterboy. <laughs> it happens right. to everybody. When he goes down to the bayou, Adam Sandler gets the star treatment. Uh, other news um, the Easter Bunny came to my house on Sunday, my man. Oh, yeah. he did. Well, it's a she. It's it's Esther go? Bunny. Wait, what? in my house, Wait, the Easter Bunny a is a huh? she, and her name is oh, Esther. Right. Well, Esther, Esther, Esther Bunny. Bunny. So, uh, yeah, I did a little Easter egg hunt. Ellen put me on a little Easter egg hunt, uh, which she does now every year, and it's a lot of fun. When you're an adult, Easter egg hunts are a lot of fun. This. And they are they like real eggs? No, they are fake eggs they with sh- candy in them. See, I recommend going with real eggs because that really raises the stakes. Then you have to eat them. Then you must find. Well, no, you have to find them all because why you want to let an egg go? Just chilling in your. Oh, that's true. Next to the pot of yeah. pans. <laughs> well, there was no stone find left that unturned thing in, uh, in July. Yeah. Oh God, gross. Well, that's awesome. So, but there was a special twist to this. Easter egg hunt. As I found my basket in the dryer, I uh, found all the eggs, as one does. As one does. I found all the eggs, and I started opening the eggs to empty out my candy. Well, come to find out that some of these eggs were filled with money. And I'm like, why is there money in this? And as I have more, open more eggs, there's more money. Uh, essentially, the Easter Bunny, or Esther Bunny, uh, funded my Nintendo Switch. Oh I have a Nintendo gosh. Switch. That's incredible, man. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. I know. So, I feel like a real butthole for like getting an, a Switch on Easter, but I didn't get one for Christmas or my birthday, so oh, Easter Bunny came through. I think you're fine, man. No, I think that's excellent. So have you uh, yet gotten a hold of a copy of Breath of the Wild? I have. Yeah, all right. I of course. So I bought Good. the Switch and Breath of the Wild at the same time. This has all happened yesterday because I was super excited. Sure. After we did like six hours of backbreaking yard work, my end goal, my, the end prize was the Switch. So went and got that. And then today I bought three more games. Uh, so did you call in sick to work? No, I just on my lunch break, I went and bought three games. <laughs> oh, wow. Went back to work. 
Um, but how I ended up accumulating the switch is this via this currency called Mario points. Okay. Uh, apparently if you talk to your significant other about Mario points, they're a currency, which you can collect coins in order to redeem for Nintendo like purchases. It just so happened that I earned enough coins in order to get the switch. Yeah, so what is it? How does one earn these points in your house? Um, back rubs is a good way. Foot rubs. Yeah, they're uh, Back yeah. rubs, foot rubs. <laughs> I will tell you, though, the golden ticket to these coins is Taco Bell when your significant other is drunk. Oh, hey, well, that's that's low-hanging fruit there. Yeah. You can yeah, scoop that up. So it's like, yeah, sure, awesome. you go to your friend's house, drink three bottles of wine, and then, you know, when you make it home, I will go out and get you your Nacho Bells Grande, and I will get a switch in return. It's totally worth it. Fair enough. <laughs> Good point. Yes. So it's been a really hectic week. I got lots of things happening coming up soon. Uh, I've got That's awesome. Vegas. Well, congratulations on all that. Yeah, dude. Vegas this week for work. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually working in Las Vegas. I've got a convent, uh, conference oh. that I'm presenting at. And then it's an, an association with the National Association of Broadcasters, which is one of the biggest conventions. So I get to go play with uh, hey, that's Sony, awesome. Panasonic, Congratulations. Adobe. Yeah. Dude. Well, the broadcasting side, uh, the broadcast education side I'm presenting at. Um, but this they work in conjunction with a really big convention. So you get a chance to do both, which is pretty sweet. That's awesome. Well, that's really great to hear. What do you, uh, that's is a pretty big presentation, like an hour. It's an hour panel discussion. Um, we're just basically talking awesome. about, uh, how to make your radio station better, how to get new and cool software for your radio station or TV station to use and, uh, you know, help recruit students and get enough funding for your station to keep up with, uh, with all the other stations in the world, man. So it's, a uh, Really big sure. deal, and it's an honor to present at this conference, so I'm really excited. Plus, I get to go and have it paid yeah. for, which is nice. That's right, and you do enjoy Vegas. I, I think you've been there once or twice uh, before. This will be I've, – I've actually – I've officially lost, lost count of the number of times I've gone to Vegas. So this is really? 13, I think, at least. Uh, and then I'm going wow. again in May with Ellen uh, for vacation. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Makes sense. Well, cool, dude. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, let's enough about me. Let's get into this. I'm like getting all excited and worked up. I wanna, I wanna talk podcast stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and let's jump sure. into our first one. Uh, Phil, did you hear about Twitch making a KFC bucket emote? <laughs> you know, I didn't. That's it. Wasn't on my radar, to be fair. But uh, you had kind of brought it to my attention. I, I've looked into it. You know where this goes, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, absolutely. You People are trash. You know that? Like <laughs> totally. Uh, oh, and sure. we talked about toxic, toxic gamer bases quite a bit, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. man, it's a cesspool it's a out there. Now, somebody should have known better than to make a KFC bucket emote or Twitch should have known better. Somebody should have had the the wherewithal to not do that. But also, yeah. you should have some faith in humanity. Uh, That's where I'm at. I'm, I have a hard time really kind of pinning it on KFC and Twitch beyond. I think I'm, I'm cool with clobbering them a bit because it's such a hokey, panderous, stupid thing. Like, Hey, like, no, we really need to do is find this demographic. You know, it's just such a stupid tie in Twitch in no way is about fried chicken. 
and fried chicken in no way is really about Twitch, but you know, and it's just a stupid tie-in. So I, I'm cool to have people throw shade on it for that because of how kind of ridiculous it is. But on the other side of it, yeah, I, it kind of came to bite him. But um, I don't know how quickly Twitch reacted to it. I guess that's probably a cause for concern if it just stayed up for a long time or if they were on top. Yeah, I, I imagine it didn't take long for them to realize their error uh, and, yeah, and sort of not. move past some things. I also know Ninja, the newest, hottest, well, not the newest streamer, but the hottest streamer on the planet right now. Uh, he got himself in a little hot water for rapping the N-word. Uh, when he was in the middle of a stream, so Ooh. it's a uh, this Drake's yeah, buddy? that's Drake's buddy. And in no way do I think Ninja's racist, but also can't be doing that. That's for sure. That's a I nah. hate nope. it when people use that word, and it just ugh, and I hate that the internet's a cesspool for shit like this. It just really bums me out. Sure. So anyway, I think I think Twitch oh, yeah. realized their error. Um, everything's sort of gone, but I'm not, and I really haven't heard many people talking about this. Um, this was just an article on Kotaku that we had uh, shared last week, and yeah. I just hope that they learn a little bit from this, and kids <laughs> stop yeah, being dude, the shittiest the, people. Assume ever. the worst yeah, about everyone. Right? It never, Dude, it never That's fails. Humanity is the worst. Like we this. are the worst kind of people ever. Basically. All right, let's move on. Oh, this I know you are going to want to talk about. Uh, so the Atari VCS is coming out, right. uh, which is a similar version to the SNES Mini and the SNES and the NES Classic. Um, however, it looks like there's going to be a little more involved involvement in this, as far as sure. it being compatible. You can actually download some more games. Uh, I think the problem, though, with this is you really don't know what's going to be on this box or what's going to happen. They just kind of say, "Hmm, it's coming." Right. That's it. I'm going to go hundred percent cynical on this. Um, I do not have high expectations, nor like there's no need for it. I think it's a, the first thing to come to grips with is that Atari that we all know and love the Atari of the late seventies and early eighties and all of that. They are not the same company. Atari is now a brand name that gets sold between companies in order to kind of monetize it, and use it but it's not owned by Atari. That's that's long since gone. At this point, all the specs on it, it which even then, like you can't even call it specs. They're real. They're not giving much in the way of um, hardware, I didn't think. At least not that I've seen yet, except they want to say, it's going to be like a high-end gaming PC. Well, okay, you say so. Like <laughs> I find that it's going to find it a little difficult to believe, but they keep saying, we're going to try to tie it in with Steam, um, but nothing's official, and we're going to do this, and it's all very much up in the air. I think that, um, I don't know, it, it may materialize for sure. I don't think it necessarily was just going to be vaporware, but I think uh, it's somewhere between the Ouya and the Coleco Chameleon, if you remember both mm -hmm. of those. Yep. Like, yep. I feel like it's not, it's definitely going to, it may make it like the Ouya did and then just, just be, I don't know, garbage and no one want, or it could go the other way and just not even show up at all. But I don't think either prognosis are very positive for it. Do you think that Atari developers uh, or Atari uh, or developers are going to want to make games that work for this box? Do you think there's anybody out there who's like, yeah, I would love to make a homebrew or an indie game for this? Uh, oh, with a well, price I mean, tag of around 250 to $300, there has to be enough new content in order to make this thing work. 
Right. And I mean, well, here's the thing. It's just a Linux computer. Just it's it's got a graphics card in it, uh, presumably, or if not just onboard, maybe just be onboard. Um, but it's basically just a computer that um, happens to have some sort of front end put on it by Atari. Uh, but it runs Linux. So um, as far as there are games being out for it, I, I guess it's open to those. But as I'm not sure how familiar you'll be with it, but the obviously the, the Linux as being a platform for gaming is really not great. Like there are some games for it. Uh, Steam does a lot for it, uh, some of their games, but for the most part, it's it's pretty barren. Do you think, it, I mean, Atari would have to put their whole uh, uh, library on this, right? I mean, or at least for well, the size that you're talking about here, I mean, those <laughs> an Atari game is not very big. Right. Um, I just oh well, that's why they're uh, well. I think they're trying to they're trying to pitch this thing as a Atari and more. They're trying to pitch it as a well, you you know, like how my living room is set up. I've got a computer in my living room, and I that's just kind of how I've done it for a while. Is just a computer hooked up to the living room television, and then just kind of using a keyboard, mouse, and game controllers from the couch. That's really what they want to position this as to people who don't already have that. Um, they, for those who their PS4 is not, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'd probably be at all for the PS4 people. I don't know who it's for. Like it, <laughs> like that's probably the biggest problem right there. There's just interest in it because retro tie-ins and flashbacks are clickbait and they generate, um, money. Yeah. Say, and people our age have money or yeah, you and know, everybody wants to relive jobs. their past and your, that right. expendable income is going to go this Wednesday night. I'm going to go see what my brother-in-law, uh, what's the movie that's just coming out? Um, Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Like, there you yeah. go. That's the, one of the most panderous examples of, hey, do you remember Ghostbusters? Do you remember Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? You, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a string of do you remembers. And uh, that's what I feel like this Atari one is. And it's also at the tail end of when I think Nintendo came in and sorted this out. Uh, Neo Geo came out with one of these. Uh, Sega's done a couple. Atari's done a couple flashback consoles of their own. But as far as retro consoles coming back out with old retro games, I think the $70 to $80 price tag that Nintendo figured out is the path forward. I don't think a $280 gaming PC that ties in Atari 2600 games for some reason is really the way to go. They obviously know something that we don't, obviously. I just know what the hell that is. Have and you ever when, seen... I, when I'm looking through this, like it doesn't tell you literally anything. It doesn't even say that like Pitfall is going to be on this. It's like we're going to have lots of nah. old games and some new stuff, and where there may yep. be some social and media apps. I don't know. It it really is like one take Atari two question marks three profit. Like there's right. they're not giving any info to it. Well, and that's what well, you're saying. They've got to know something. I don't know. I mean, I bet if nothing else, just the hubbub has generated enough interest in and in, that has not been there for Atari for a while. Maybe it's like the the story of the producers. Maybe that they ensure against it, they'll just make this bomb. Because, yeah, I'm with you. I don't understand. They You would think they must know something. There's so much money and all this goes into it. But And, and they're even talking like what? Pre-sales begin late April. Yeah. Is what the last I'd read. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that window is almost totally closed. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see how widely it's adopted, but I can tell you it's I'm one of the people that it's meant for and it's I'm not going to get one. 
I don't think so. I, I Maybe there'll be more to it that I just don't understand at this time that'll really make it compelling, but I've already got enough devices that will get me what I need without this. Right. Well, 4K, 60 frame per second in an AMD processor in this machine. Those are, okay. But you look at the controller, and one of the problems with it is is it doesn't have two buttons on the joystick controller. <laughs> it still no. is one. It's because it's an Atari. Do you <laughs> Was that the thing we're all missing from our 2600 bowling? Or Pac-Man was 60 <laughs> frames a second. <laughs> B-52 Bomber. Oh, man, just this, the noises that console makes. Like, for me, the I know a lot of people are very fond of the Atari. I think a lot of it is, of course, anecdotal to when they grew up. Um, they're very nostalgic for it. But I feel like that was, they were still feeling out what video games were going to be. And until the, the Nintendo Entertainment System, they, it was not getting there. Yeah. Like, just think of all, the, there's so many Atari games without even title screens, man. There's nothing. You just start it up, and it's just already making noise at you, and there's just no presentation to it. This wasn't where it, it got with the next system afterward, where everything has stayed since then. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's too much happening, man. There's too much nostalgia. Um Yeah. I think it's it's starting to creep up a little bit. And speaking of nostalgia, mm-hmm. you can buy anthology books for PlayStation and Nintendo 64. This is a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely nostalgia. That's 100% what that is. Now, PlayStation, there have been some great games. Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. is some great games. Nintendo 64, though, the list of great games, I feel, is pretty short. Off the top of your head, when you're thinking of 64, what are some games that comes to your come to your brain? Oh well, I'll admit it. Um, I was not a big 64 fan. I had it, and I got it for Ocarina of Time. I really enjoyed Super Mario 64. I really enjoyed Mario Kart, Pilot Wings, um, Mario Party. But after chance that, time! Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After those, I'm. I just don't have it. And so I, I actually jumped ship. I followed Square over to PlayStation. And I, I that was really more my console for those years of time. I had a lot more PlayStation than I had 64. I think you could probably name about 10 games on the 64 that people yeah, would... Golden can, Yeah, would continuously talk about. You can get into like the Banjo-Kazooie games, right? Um, sure. And then Majora's Mask. But really, that is just about it, other than what you've mentioned. There really aren't, I mean, right. uh, Quest 64, a game I always enjoyed was like Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. I really enjoyed, um, uh, what am I thinking of? Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Snap were kind of fun games. So, Real quick, I'm actually I'm shocked to hear you really enjoyed Quest 64. That was a game. No, 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 I, no, no, no. That was a game I played. That's not a game I enjoyed. Oh, uh, I see. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. I actually, I mean, I own the game. It's just a game that I I, I bought, but I never uh, re- I never really got into it. But um, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball is a game that I loved a lot, and then the wrestling games I always thought were fun. So like the WCW versus NWO, but that was when I was in big into wrestling. So it wasn't because the polygon graphics were everything I needed. It was because I could wrestle <laughs> Hulk Hogan and sure. uh, Andre the giant whenever I wanted. So whatever, that was more of like an old school thing, but uh, I was more of a PlayStation kid myself. 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, you talk about Square. I mean, the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII, to me, is one of the best games of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably to agree. a lot of people. That's but, one of those where I think the context is important. I mean, if you look at it now, you're kind of like, wow, this is really rough around the edges. But if you look at it with the games that had just come out, like up a year leading up to that release, just how different it was from everything and how everything has followed suit afterward. It was just such a pinnacle, a real pinnacle title for them. So are you okay with anthology books for these? Like to go through each game and, and sort of chat about it. Is there enough nostalgia for you to go out and spend 50, 60 bucks for a hardcore version of a book that talks about these games? No, not for me. Um, but I'm also kind of cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and there's also, there's that Download part of me, the PDF. There's that part of me that really likes uh, these games, but then there's that part of me that um, I think there's some interesting history. In the, well, I definitely there's interesting history. I would have on my coffee table, like a coffee table book that might have been about a significant historical turn in video games. I just don't find that these anthology books do that. I think that, and this isn't to harp on anybody who makes them, but I think it's more of like a cash grab of just straight nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's more like, load up the game library. I need a box art for every one of them. I need a few reviews if possible, um, an overall synopsis of what it's about, some screenshots, next game. And there's just it's just a little, it's nothing. But I think that some of these, like if you were to go look at some of the major things that have happened, I'd be more interested in that. But yeah, these anthology books, unless there's something more I'm missing, I might be really oversimplifying them, but I find them just to be, well, anthologies of the, the game libraries that came out, maybe some peripherals, and there's really nothing else to them. What are some of the PlayStation games that you remember the most? Oh, man, just so many. Um, the aforementioned uh, Final Fantasy VII, of course, but, mm-hmm. you know, I was on Reddit, and I think it was the on the front page, one of the gaming posts had made it there, and it showed, um, oh, just bringing up the whole, that when you see the zombie for the first time, and that full motion video pulls up in the very first uh, Resident Evil, oh, yeah. where it, it just kind of slowly turns around and looks at the side of its head at you. Mm-hmm. I just remembered um, that was one of those games that's really important, Resident Evil 1. Uh, before I had the system, I would have to rent it like over a long weekend or something, just kind of save up like 25 bucks. But what I was uh, relating online that I thought was kind of funny to remember now was when you'd rent these systems, they generally didn't come with stuff like uh, memory cards. Hell, half the times the people who ran these places didn't even know you needed it. Yes. Because they weren't really playing the games themselves. They just kind of bought them and put them in the drawer and rented them out. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing Resident Evil, if you don't have a memory card, you just are on the edge of permadeath the entire time. Like, there's no way to like continue <laughs> right. except from a file. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of just on my edge. Uh, you know, as far as that was like my first 32 bit experience, that and Battle Arena Toshin Den. And uh, I just really just instantly fell in love with the, the PlayStation 1. Otherwise, other major games that were on it, uh, Symphony of Night, another one of those that I can, I'll can i play about once every two years and go all the way through. Yeah. And uh, that's Tomba, a game I've never actually another played. Another great t- platformer. Oh, you really? Oh, you. I think you really should, man. I think that's one of the greatest video games ever made. I've heard. And I've seen clips of it, obviously, but yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So. The scale of it is so massive, and they every single thing they do is a home run in it. It, it's. I've never had a game that was that long that didn't get like boring. I don't know how to explain it. They just did a really nice job with it. 
it flows real well. Cool. Uh, and you said Tomba? How about you? Yeah, yeah, Tomba. Whenever I think of Tomba now, I think about Chibi at uh, oh, GDQ a few right. years ago. And the guy's like, I really wish, I really you'd be wish quiet. you would stop talking. <laughs> or, yeah, I wish you would be quiet. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the biggest murders ever to happen on that couch, for sure. And imagine getting murdered by that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, the that dude's in pajama in. pants. He's literally he's being his, watched by, you know, what? Uh, he has the same mustache that started to come in when he was 11, and he's never shaved it. <laughs> it's just little wispy cat hair hanging off his lip. <laughs> he worked and he hard got, for that. he just ruined. He did, but he ruined this other kid. But that's because the other kid, Chibi, needed to be ruined. I mean, Chibi. Like needed to. For all we know, that ruin is what set up all the – all the follies of Chibi thereafter. You know what I mean? Like the real cringe. You hear about these comic book stories. Yeah. Like there's a cringe. Maybe this was what made him into a super villain, like two face or something where an accident happens. This was the cringe that made him into Chibi. <laughs> Ugh. So yeah. Yeah. So, that kid sucks so hard. Speed run on a Tomba, uh, PlayStation <sighs> games for me. Uh, Ridge racer was like one of the first games I've ever oh, played. That's, excellent game uh, same yep it was so much and that was like it blew my mind just playing that yeah. game because you've been playing you know 64 or super nintendo yeah. and it's like what is i don't even know was 64 even out yet i don't think that it was i think yeah, I mean, ridge I racer i think playstation beat that one by a year so imagine the the counterpart to ridge racer is going to be on super nintendo or something and it might as well be like rad racer you're just right. going to have like a car on a flat surface that rotates Yes. And yeah, and you're absolutely right. You put in Ridge Racer and that also was a mind-blowing game at the time. Yep. And then that's when sports games changed for me because from then on Madden was in my library every year for a very long time with the PlayStation. Yep. Uh the graphics were just a huge change. Uh, I remember playing a game called Triple Play Baseball that was one of my favorites. Uh this is when I really started to bro out on my video games was uh when the PlayStation came out. There are so many games that that was also something that was really great about the PlayStation is that it opened up uh, the doors creatively to new ways to present games that just weren't simply possible right. on um, on cartridges. But you also got a lot of like, as a result of that, some real wild stuff like what is the there was a, was a movie called The City of Lost Children, and it had like Ron Perlman in it. It's some like French german film it's just kind of very dark and ron perlman's in a looking. french german film it's a one of the weirdest things that ever came together i've never seen it um i've seen parts i want to say it was by the same guy who directed a movie called dark city but i'm not gonna lie whenever i picture point. ron perlman i don't mm -hmm. see him as like a classically trained actor i see him which as he is, right right i see him as a dude they found on the street and it's like ah oh, you could be hellboy fuck it let's yeah. go you know what i mean riding like, through this world <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely, fact, dude. No, show. I agree. Yeah, I've always thought. I actually, I thought they just found him, and at a at a dog pound, and he was a Sharpay, and they shaved him. That dude that looks like face. he's been consistently hit with a shovel since he was three years old, at least oh, three times. He a has day. he has cauliflower. You have cauliflower ear if you're a wrestler. That dude's got cauliflower face. <laughs> Do you it's think he's in on the joke about how ugly he is? I bet. Uh, I mean, probably. that dude is he's, top five ugly. No. I bet he isn't. I bet he's just such a big enough dude that he's just like, whatever haters are going to hate, you know, like I bet he doesn't even give a shit. 
that dude spends all of his free time in children's hospitals and everything. He's a, he's awesome. So anyway, that was a big, long <laughs> Ron Perlman sized tangent. So anyway, this game, uh, the city of lost children, the idea that my videos, the video game rental store had some French film adapted into a video game and available for rent. That was never going to come out on a 64 because the barrier of entry for 64 games was a lot higher just because production was so more, much more expensive on a cartridge as compared to a disc. So I just think you end up with a way more interesting library with the, the PS one compared to the 64. And you've just got some weird games that exist on that console that were just never going to come out ever on a cartridge based system like 64. Yeah. Just, it, yeah, you're right, man. Change the generation of games, Ga- gamers, games, everything. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a really, and to think that Nintendo could have had their hands on it. You know what I mean? Uh, right. That's what kills they me. They did. They had their hands yeah, on it, and they, then they, they just walked it over to the trash and dropped it out of their hands. <laughs> that's exactly want. what happened, too. Like, yeah, the only person they can blame is themselves, uh, for sure. And then you see, like, the Zelda CDI games, and it's like, no, uh, you could have had yeah. it all. Like Nintendo I, I, could have had it all. I think that in terms of karma, karma in the business world is pretty uncommon. I think that a lot of times the people who are shadiest <laughs> often uh, prevail. And that is some of the best karma that's ever happened in the history of business is when Nintendo fucked over Sony and then got in bed with Philip CDI and every step along that path, including how that led Ken Kusaragi into making a PS2. It's just, yeah, I want that coffee table book. Keep the anthology. Give me the book about how Nintendo screws Sony. Because um, absolutely, that's such a an interesting thing. And you're right, they had it, didn't, didn't execute. The last time I ran into a CDI out in the wild, I was at a dentist office. I'm sorry, orthodontist. That's great. It was when I was getting my teeth looked at to get some uh, adult man braces. And the dentist was using it to show me what my teeth would look like. He was using a CDI disc to show me teeth. Yes. And he had like the games, like the flowers of Roger Maplethorpe still there. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I got about four of these down in my basement. Are they worth any money? And I'm like, yeah, assholes like me who collect games. Yeah, they are. Oh, man. Yep. No one will enjoy them, sir, but some sad bastard will pay for them. The fact that he was still using it in 20, this was 2015, 2016, Ugh. 2015 was, it blows my freaking mind. Was, Think of all the bloody gum that CDI machine has seen. <laughs> That's not what it wanted either. That you think about it. Yeah. That thing just wanted to be played by kids and enjoyed. Nope. You get to be, all you have is whatever this dentist disc is and the flowers of Roger Maple, Maple or whatever the hell that's, <laughs> you better, that's so great. You better get used to team of the tooth little buddy. Cause I had totally good. forgotten about that Maple Thorpe game, dude. That's that thing exists for reasons. I'll never know, but that's really great. <laughs> the CDI is a machine that has transcended time. Obviously. Yeah. What's the sure PlayStation has. one doing right now? Can't do what the CDI can do. No, sir. It's probably keeping a power plant running somewhere in like Panama. Who knows? I don't think the CDI it gets the credit it deserves. It's the Sean Astin of video games. Dude, if I were Sean Astin, I'd come find you after saying that and have a conversation. <laughs> That's terrible. You can't say that about people you care about. Rudy, CDI Rudy, is garbage. Rudy. God. And oh, also, Sean Astin actually showed up with a Letterman jacket on. 
That yeah, dude, boy, see? pandering for real. The more I think about this, the more Sean Aston sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you let me down, Sean That's Aston. That's great. He, like, he, there was you no know, intro. His handlers. The, uh, there was no intro. Nobody introduced him. He came out and started telling a story about just storytelling. And I'm like, what is happening? Talked about a movie yes. or something. And he didn't until it was like, oh, well, we got about a half hour left. Let's, uh, you guys got any questions for me? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was actually cool. I mean, I appreciate it. He was a good dude, but yeah, he really, him showing up dressed as half Hobbit, half Rudy kind of, the more I think about it, it's pretty (laughs) fucking messed up. That's Uh, good stuff. He's Samwise, Samwise Rudiger and I can't handle it anymore. Oh, that's so weird. That's great. Good for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's uh... making that Indiana money, which, (laughs) which apparently is real. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, I heard it only gets paid in Indiana bucks, and you can only spend it in Indiana. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Yeah, and oh my god, Indiana is a special place. It certainly is. It is. I still can't the call only myself thing a keeping Ohio away from Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man! All right, well, stuff. let's. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about this for a few weeks, and okay. this idea that Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson did some video game music for Sonic. <laughs> the Michael. J- Whoa, hold on. Let me make sure now. Everybody out there, we're not talking about any other Michael Jacksons that you may know personally or the Michael Jackson that was on Trailer Park Boys. This is, in fact, as Rich said, Michael Jackson. It could be Michael Jackson, the football the player. King of pop. Could be, yeah, but it's not, though. Don't. Why are you making this hard? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Dude. Listen, it's. I'm trying to make this special and you're ruining it for me. <laughs> sorry this is why we can't have nice things you are literally a twitch of kfc bucket emoticon right now so <laughs> we can't have nice things michael jackson Ugh. rumor has it did music for sonic 3 mm-hmm. but it never actually made it into the game would sonic 3 be a better game with michael jackson beatboxes mixed into it i highly doubt it i feel like sonic 3 did great with the music it has i think it i think it, for a console that had as terrible a sound as the Genesis did, no games ever got it right except Sonic games. Um, whoa, and I whoa, also, whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying Moonwalker didn't get it right? Wait, talking about Moonwalker and Arcade? You're talking about it on Sega Genesis? No, I don't think. Yeah. Michael. Okay, then fine. That's the best part. Then the Arcade one, for sure. I guess they do that in the Genesis one. But in any case... I also think another thing that's important to remember is that every song that you love by Michael Jackson was written or scored or and produced by, uh, oh my gosh, Quincy Jones. So Quincy Jones is the music, right? For a lot of it, or am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. He's the producer, man. So if Quincy Jones sent a demo tape <laughs> for Sonic 3, I'd be like, you better <laughs> listen to that. That's going to be amazing. Um, no. So I think he did some, I looked into that too. I think he did send it and it sounds like the guys at Sega had received it and were like, this is great. But at the same time, we're like, no, we're not going to put this in here. I just think it's kind of cool that Michael Jackson was so involved in a lot of things. You know what I mean? Uh, Sorry, I couldn't resist. Let's bring it up. Yep. Had to, man. Why don't you dance no, on his grave right now? Because I can't moonwalk. I've tried. 
But if Sorry. he could moonwalk, you do it on his you grave. You teed that up too nicely. No. no, of course not. No, no. But whatever. The dude was weird. Was it inappropriate? I don't know. Michael but. Jackson was weird. News at 11. Yeah. So weird enough that he, I'm sure he did send a demo to get his music into a video game. But I, yeah, I don't, I think it was probably good they didn't use it. Yeah, probably. I think it's I, I think it's better to imagine what it sounds like when Michael Jackson's trying to hum a song he wants you to use in whatever it is that you're gonna do. <laughs> I bet he gives a narration. I bet he sets it up and and before and he's like, okay, but you know, he probably saying some people didn't like it, but he knows that it's gonna be great. I don't know. I bet that tape is a, is beautiful if it can ever be found. Let's play a game. Let's play. What do you think Michael Jackson's favorite video game is? <laughs> oh man probably the flowers of roger maplethorpe <laughs> no i don't know you don't know you don't think that he has a favorite game well had a favorite game you're dead michael jackson in case you were wondering you're super dead well i've played the arcade version of uh moonwalker we beat it so galloping ghost man yeah we that beat was it so much fun so i i would say that if that wasn't it for him then i don't know what was gonna be better that had everything. I mean, it was tailor made to. Well, that's yeah. That's really what it was. It was basically like he had found a genie. Was like, I want to make a video game, and then Sega just got in touch with them and were like, Yep, you tell us what to do. Because even at isn't it say at the end it was designed by him. Yeah, I mean, he was a big part of the game making process. I find that hard to believe, except that he rattled off a list of things he wanted to have in it, and then the actual people who design games for a living stitched it all together. Code monkeys, which is really what that game feels like. <laughs> Code monkeys put together moonwalker by Michael Jackson for sure. Baliko vision. God, I missed that show. Oh, that was a, I know I, sometimes I think of that show and it's, it was a bummer. It was canceled so early. Only two seasons of that um, show. And maybe it's one of those things seasons. where it's a show that only you and I like, uh, like yeah, Tim I and Eric so. awesome show. Great job. Mm-hmm. You know that. Oh, well that show had some serious mileage. It lasted a while. I think uh, we were the only people our age who liked it. We were <laughs> everybody else was still like fifteen when they were watching, it, and then you and I are like twenty six. Like this is the best thing ever. God, so stupid. If I look back, I've, so I haven't stupid. watched it in a while, but I imagine if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, mm, okay. Oh, I've tried. It's still great. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could take the yep, place. It's still just so stupid. That show can take the place of Nickelodeon guts on the Game and Sports Channel. I miss that channel too. We're all about me the nostalgia was, right now. And it's right. making me feel all kinds of things. Uh, I wish they brought that channel back and we just go get three o'clock in the morning McDonald's and just relive our youth. That's awesome. I agree. That was a lot of good time. Our youth. Youth. 3 a.m. McDonald's. <laughs> Give me that bacon, egg, and cheese bagel now. <laughs> uh, one last nostalgic thing. I uh, I decided to go through Toys R Us during deal season. Oh, what'd you find? I, I've actually heard it was not what a lot of people wanted it to be. It seemed kind of shady actually. So when they announced that they were going out of business and the first day of the sale was supposed to be what last Thursday, I went and there was nothing on sale and they had some games like marked off half price. Like it was just like a normal sale. And so I went back the next day when they actually had the sale and those prices that were like marked down were marked back up. Yeah, that's <laughs> then, exactly what I heard was happening. And then um, 
the other things were like five to ten percent off. So uh, consoles were five percent off, games and accessories were ten percent off, but they didn't have any new stocks, obviously, because why would they get new copies of Breath of the Wild um, when they know they're going out of business? Right. Legos were like five percent off, and I went in there one because I was at the time I was trying to score a switch, thinking like, yeah, if I can get one for thirty percent off, this is great. I'd be more than happy. Um, but they didn't have that. And I was kind of disappointed. And then also I started going in there and I was like, man, this is very sad. I'm very bummed that this place is no longer going to exist. Even though I don't frequent Toys R Us anymore. It's, and I was just, it, there were some feelings. And then I yeah. went again when I got back into town after Comic-Con on Saturday and the deals had not changed. And the store look, literally looked like it hadn't sold a thing. Yeah. Like well, my, my store in, in Indiana is still 100% full. It's nothing's missing. I found it pretty shady personally that as far as markdowns like that, markdown, markup to markdown, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, very shady. At the same time, I understand they want to liquidate and also not lose their shirt, but then just don't have the going out of business sale. Like, I guess that's also the big thing to keep in mind is that we're also accustomed to decades of uh, closing sales like that, like store closing, and you can get some right. really good deals. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's like a company goes out of business, but in the digital storefront world, uh, there's definitely going to be a way for Toys R Us to liquidate um, their stock in a way that is going to work for them. And it doesn't just have to be like, well, we got nowhere to put this stuff. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to empty their stores into the hands of local customers. If they got to bring it all back to their distribution center and figure out where it's all going to go, it's they'll work it out. I just don't I may think have they, heard... need to, they don't need to dump it off as quickly as I think people assume, and that's why they go no. there chasing these deals that just are not going to be there. Well, it's done a really good job of getting people in the store. You know, I hear a lot of people like <laughs> a little late excited there, but... that they're yeah. in there, but it's you can get. I hate that I'm going to say this, but you can get the same stuff for way cheaper on Amazon. Well, um, that's why that's why they went out of business in the first place. Yeah, well they they didn't adapt to the times, and that's. That's they didn't them. out Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. How dare you not am- out Amazon Bezos, you yeah. rat bastards. Um, That's right. I think I had read that they are actually going to their crowdfunding right now. There's a GoFundMe for Toys R Us. Oh, geez. I'm going to look this Get up. Get off right of now. it. They're going to, that, that for some reason annoys me. They're looking for like a billion dollars, I think. That's... Save Toys R Us, go fund me. Let's see what this is. Uh let's see. How much is it raised? It's raised two hundred million out of one billion. That like irritates me a little bit, if <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Of all the uh, charitable things in this world, you better keep the lights on in Toys R Us for another sixteen months. What do you what? That's they are going to go down. Like, why do that? If you know. you should look this up sometime because the I'll pull up now. Pledges are interesting. There is a million dollar pledge, million to uh essentially 10 million dollar p- pledge uh where you get a bumper sticker, a pin, a magnet, I'll always be a Toys R Us kid t-shirt, an invite to Toys R Us reopening block party and a signed thank you letter. But you do not get stock in Toys R Us, 
you get no shares. Oh my if gosh! You, if they hit the the billion dollar goal. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what do you get out of this? Like, if you really decide you get you get a sticker for giving fifty five dollars and forty four cents or whatever it well, is you got. It also looks also with. this is this is not a Bernie Sanders type fundraising. They've raised two hundred million from eighteen hundred people. Oh my gosh! How the hell does that work? Well, calculate people pledging money. Yeah, <laughs> calculate this. What's up? I just think that how many is, people? Eighteen hundred and fourteen people. Eighteen hundred and fourteen people. That don't make any days. sense. It don't make any sense because that when I take that number divided by one thousand eight hundred fourteen people. By the way, that number for those listening at home is two hundred million fifty five thousand. I'm getting one hundred and ten thousand two hundred eighty three dollars and ninety cents. And apparently, the those people donation. don't get any stock. If, it, if apparently it those people don't exist, I, you're gonna find me eighteen hundred and fourteen people looking to flush a hundred and ten thousand dollars a piece into a website to save a toy store that's a brick and mortar. <laughs> this is where I'm like, this don't make any sense. <laughs> this is like that Atari VCS. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, did you also see that KB Toys might be coming back? None of this makes any sense. What does it mean going to come back? Like, are they just going to give it like a shelf at the checkout aisle at like, uh, <laughs> what's that? Like a coffee joint or something? Like, I don't know. I just heard I we might, I might have to do a little more research on that, but KB, I think had sent out a tweet that they were, uh, coming back maybe with some pop-up stores or something like cool, that. Cool. Let's get know. Babbage's back. Let's get electronics boutique back. Let's get, Dude, I'm uh, down with Funko land. If you're down with Funko, get Funko land. land back. Let's get uh, FAO Schwartz back. If, if they're not out oh, wait, of business, wait, wait, then wait, close wait. them. FAO, FAO Schwartz is gone? Well, no. If they're open, then go ahead and close them. They've been open too long. And then we can <laughs> reopen them in 25 years from now when we're nostalgic about it. And then we'll remake Home Alone 2. But only after we op- we have a big fundraiser that normally is reserved for people who like, have medical bills. We need to raise a billion dollars for it, for a toy store. Jeez. I really don't think this goes through. Um, that just... And also, I think that money goes back to the people if it doesn't, if the funding doesn't go through. But what <laughs> an asshole thing to ask for. Right. But here's where I've lost, too. But so you get to I, go to the block party, Jimmy, uh, for a million dollars. I'm I'm seriously on, I'm on the case now. I'm going to go through every one of these 1,800 donations. <laughs> 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 I don't know why this has irritated me so much. Uh, nine yeah. of them are probably Ted Cruz. They better be. They better be, and they better be for a million each to skew this money. Because I'm seeing a lot of, like, Ron Alonso an hour ago gave $50. Anna LaBeouf gave $200. She gave $200 rich to Toys R Us. You know what she got out of it? She got a bumper sticker, a pin, and a special edition LOL surprise. TM, by the way, trademark on surprise. LOL surprise, trademark. Great. She gets a loot box. Holy shit. You just want this is like the Martin Shkreli of GoFundMe. Like I just want I bet he's the guy who set this up. I bet it's really him. Oh man. God damn. I, I'm trying most, to find like a silver lining in most, all this, but I can't. This is trash. No, this is the most punchable face in all of crowdfunding. <laughs> this is the Ron Perlman of crowdfunding. <laughs> no. It's the Martin Shkreli of it. Oh. Oh well. All right. Well, we warned you. Ladies and gents, do not give your hard-earned American USD to Toys R Us. They they blew it. They they had the chance to use the internet. They didn't. 
and it's the internet world is does not have room for them in it. You blew it, Capache. You blew it, Capache. Capache. <laughs> Oh, well, that is going to wrap things up for the Complete Inbox podcast. Phil, do you have anything exciting going on next week? You know, I not really. I'm going to go try, as I said earlier, I'm going to try to catch uh, this Wednesday night, kind of during the week, um, go see Ready Player One, which uh, obviously is just going to be filled to the brim with callbacks to a lot of the nostalgia we're talking about. But And I'm going to love every minute of it. Yeah, I will too. Um, but I'll, I'll also be there to poke fun at a little bit but i think uh, i'm hoping it'll be a good film obviously uh spielberg is a terrific filmmaker so he could make just about anything uh be excellent so i'm, I'm thinking it's gonna be a, a real great film yeah i'm we'll really see. looking forward to that i um we probably won't be able to record next week if i'm being honest because i'll be in vegas until wednesday maybe wednesday yep. maybe we'll do a podcast recording next wednesday because uh, i really 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 want to talk about Ready Player One, and the next episode, I kind of want to dedicate entirely to video game movies. Yeah, I think it's about time. There's because really a lot of great I made you watch the movie Joysticks. Did you ever finish Joysticks? <laughs> Without getting into it, did you finish the movie Joysticks? No, and I'm gonna finish it. But no, it's it's a challenge, man. It's a it's a fight, but I'm gonna do it. I promise. <laughs> finish so, the movie Joysticks, and anybody who's it's listening, it's painful and rewarding at the same time. Yes, I'll say that. if you like '80s trash movie like a video game version of porkies uh this is that's for you that's giving it too much credit but you're on the right track because <laughs> porkies is even not this bad but it's is like that you're right it's like those it makes me think of those stupid well they were kind of like basically titty comedies they were like it, it'll yeah. be either at a ski lodge or it'll be at a summer school or it'll be somewhere it, those are actually gonna the be a lot of, of the movies are ski lodge yeah. and summer school <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones where they, it's light on plot. It's always got like some, like the nerdiest, like not even a real life nerd. A real like point a cartoon, I, Straight out of the cover of like Mad Magazine looking ass dude come around pushing his glasses up and beautiful women in scantily clad just throwing themselves at him the whole time. It's just ridiculous, insane, ridiculous shit. So yeah, that's what this is. Video games in that. Um, I can't recommend it, but... You should, everybody still, I guess I can, because everybody should. Yeah. It's horrible. All right. But yeah, we'll get more into that once I finish. Yes, next week we'll be next entirely week. dedicated to video game movies, so do some homework. I'm going to rewatch some stuff. Like I said, yep. I'll have some time, believe it or not, while I'm in Vegas to just sort of, because I don't want to get too crazy in the scene. Maybe I'll rewatch some myself. And definitely, I'm definitely rewatching The Wizard, because that's hands down the best. <laughs> but let's <laughs> get so into bad. it next time. Let's get into it next time before we get, yeah, it's so bad. It All right. So bad. Well, for Phil Ernst, I'm Rich Green. Thank you for listening to the Complete Inbox podcast. Again, you can catch us on Podbeam. Uh, you can download us on iTunes. And we'll be back again, hopefully, next week. See you then. See you then.